0: fucking man in the world right. we, you know we're all standing there in a room together and it's like 13 years was pretty much a race. It's just you know just like that it's you know it's Danny, it's Joey. We just sat down together, and that we just had that feeling again, and the energy was there. I said it felt like uh, like two of our brothers were in jail for like 13 years, (laughs) and then they got out. When we get together, it's just going to be a steamroller. It was just time. It felt right, and I, I'm looking forward to it. I can't, I'm more psyched than ever right now. I, I'm really, really hungry for this stuff.
1: Everybody came together, you know, quite easy.
0: Um, I've always been with anthrax in my heart. Uh, Charles Stanley, <laughs> and I'm Scott Simmons. And you wanted the best, and you got the best. The hottest man in the world...
1: Slam Fest
0: Welcome to another episode of the Slam Fest podcast, where we bring the premier rock concert pregame experience from the parking lot to the podcasting airwaves. I'm Brad. So, back on episode 117, I discussed seeing the Judas Priest Retribution tour at DTE Energy Music Theater just outside of Detroit, with Queensrÿche opening. I was lucky enough to see this tour again on a second leg, this time with a different opener. This episode is going to revolve around the Judas Priest Anthrax show I saw on September 29th, 2005 at Wings Stadium in Kalamazoo, Michigan. And to help me recap this show and talk about Judas Priest and Anthrax, Please welcome from the Potter Than Hell podcast, BC. How are you doing? I'm good. I'm good. I've been on your guys' show a couple times. I've had Thank Steve you. on and I've had BB on, but I have not had the pleasure of having you on yet. Glad we could get this set up.
1: <laughs> I'm the most technically challenged
0: of the group. <laughs> oh, you're doing, you're doing great. So how are things at Potter Than Hell?
1: Very good. We're like very busy and uh, we just did a few and... uh Our leader's gone on a cruise, so we're going to be just three of us. We're getting together in a few early, midweek next week, and we're going to do two
0: episodes without Steve. Oh, nice. Well, I'm sure that's fun for you guys sometimes when he's... Yeah, uh, it's a little
1: surprise for Steve.
0: Yeah, there you go. Absolutely. Well, what I like to do with all of my guests, and most of them have been other podcasters, but I just have a, a quick series of questions regarding your concert history if you're ready for those okay what was your first concert (laughs) very
1: first concert was uh was ozzy osborne for the bark at the moon tour with motley crew opening it up january it was january 13th of 84 in broome county arena a little bit about uh, 45 minutes north of us in broome county uh benton new york i had to sneak i had to tell my mom i was going to see the ice capades it's funny (laughs) stuff Because back then I was only 13. I don't think she would have really appreciated me going, but God knows who. But uh, I told her I was going that and came home that night and my ears were ringing so loud. I didn't think I was ever going to hear right again. But a uh, great show. I mean, Monty Crew was the hype back then. And then, of course, he had Ozzy. There was always talk about Ozzy. But he was supposed to do a show down in Scranton here before this. And it got banned because he's the bat sure. thing. And, Yep. The group groups are going crazy, so it was cool to, you know, it, to me it was like doing something I should have been doing. Yeah, right. <laughs> That was my first no, show.
0: No, that's a great, yeah, that's a great one. One of the, Craig, who's one of the Slam Fest crew guys who I have on from time to time, that was his first show. And, really? in, yeah, in uh, Omaha, Nebraska. So, same thing, just, you know, young and felt like wasn't supposed to be there. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> So, I know the answer to this next question uh, okay. specifically because I know you and Steve had a trifecta of shows. Um, yes, we did. La- last week. So, my question is what was your most recent concert?
1: Uh, the Iron Maiden <laughs> was the last one out of the three. Yeah, we start off Wednesday with uh, Judas Priest and Queens Uh Thursday was accept, and we finish off Friday with the uh, Iron Maiden. I, said, I told Steve, I said, we haven't done this since we were probably kids. <laughs> right. There hasn't been that many concerts like so much at one time in a long time, so it was pretty cool. And a little tired because we showed our age a little bit, but hey, yeah, we still... right. Yeah.
0: <laughs> that's a heck of a hat trick. That's Ooh. a that's a, a, I mean, the three he had three days in a row with with those shows. That's yeah, that's awesome. It's very cool. very cool. So how about? And this is kind of a you know ambiguous question, really. But you know, most memorable concert. You know, have you attended any? Milestone shows for people, um, shows overseas, big stadium shows, that type of thing.
1: I never went overseas, but uh, I saw the Monsters of Rock down in Philadelphia. That was a big thing back in 1988 with uh, Metallica, Scorpions, Dokken, Kingdom Come. Now, I'm missing somebody. Van Hale. Van Hale. Van Hale.
0: Yeah, Van Hagar. Uh,
1: <laughs> that was different. I mean... That was probably the biggest show I was to date, and then uh, we had Guns N' Roses open up for Aerosmith locally at Pocono Downs Racetrack. Oh, nice. That was before the casino was there, and it was just like a huge, the park lot was just like one big party. I never saw it. I was like, state police are like right there, and everybody has kegs of beer, marijuana. Yeah. yeah. It was crazy. Like seven of (laughs) us crammed in my Chevy Nova, and I think only three of us made it back home that night. i Oh, Jeez, it was a rough show. <laughs> that's
0: that's <laughs> memorable. Yeah, that's memorable.
1: Yeah. Oh, there's a bunch. I mean, I can go on forever. I mean, personally, one of my favorites happened not too long ago in 2019. I went out the the whiskey ago, going Hollywood, and caught Lizzie Borden on
0: Halloween night. I remember hearing about that shit. Yeah, Pro- probably on your podcast. But
1: <laughs> yeah, Halloween in LA—that's different.
0: Yeah, I'm sure. I'm sure. So So you already you already mentioned the the Ozzy Motley being louder than than hell, but is that the loudest show that you can remember attending, or is there anything else that was louder?
1: There's so many that there was a few that are loud, but I'm going to say Queen Drake opened up for Judas Priest. I don't know. Yeah, they were they were loud. I thought maybe because we're underneath the speakers, and uh, a few people that were there at the show too were behind us, like back further and they said it was even they said it was really loud so i'm like okay it's not me i thought i was getting really old for a minute but uh
0: <laughs> so this most day, recent like, one that yeah. you're talking about right okay yeah yeah, yeah.
1: I, was wearing, I was wearing earplugs for accept
0: yeah yeah but then
1: I, I recover from maiden but uh yeah that was that was they were loud like Judas priest was loud but not they were more toned down but still loud
0: yeah
1: yeah like, when you hit some of those notes
0: whoo <laughs> So, so interestingly enough, I saw I saw all three of those same shows that you guys saw last week, and I have covered I I covered Maiden because that was back you know almost three weeks ago, okay. but on that episode I talked about our Maiden show was loud it was it was really loud I mean I was I was surprised you know because anymore, the sound it's not the same as the 80, you know the eighties you know those those yeah. shows were were. <laughs> We're really really loud, just probably because of the technology that we had. Everything seems to be kind of clearer, and you know, maybe not quite as overwhelming. But I, man, oh man, our maiden show, I could, I could really feel it in my chest for for sure. Were so, you on the floor? Yeah, yeah.
1: We went to Newark, and it's the first time we ever went there, and we're in a one hundred section, so we're figuring we'll be right yeah. up on the floor. No, yep. we were way
0: up. Oh, okay.
1: And it was like two hundred, one hundred, then went down
0: into like I think double digits. Like we were up there. I got you. I got you. Yeah, kind of Ooh. reverse what what's normal for yeah. yeah so hundred level you'd think would be close to the floor. That's what <laughs> we were thinking when we got the tickets. We we're like, yeah, level, you know? Nope.
1: <laughs> but it was still awesome time. Yeah,
0: but, yeah. It's maiden. It's, it's maiden. How
1: can it be a bad time?
0: So how about Biggest Regret, any band or artist that you wish you had seen and never had the chance to?
1: The only thing I could think of off the top of my head would be uh, probably uh, Rockahoma when they first started doing it. Oh, yeah. We had, yeah. I had, we have some friends of the podcast that were there for, like, probably the first three years, and they tell the stories. It's like, damn. You know, and it, we tossed around, I think, about going a few times, me and Steve, and we were like, eh, threw it back and forth, and we just did go, and, Yep. That's probably what I regret I have. Other than that, I if there was a show I pretty much got there.
0: Yeah. So so my brother and and Jay, who's one of our slam fest guys as well, they went to the first one because Jay lives in Tulsa. So that's very convenient, right? To go down, and kind of stay with him leading up to it and then go go camping for Rocklahoma. But and then the whole crew went in year two. So I'll I'll be covering that. Uh, here and probably next year probably 2023 that concert will come up on my chronology as i'm going through it and and doing these episodes but yeah that that second one was was something as well rocklahoma 2 was that the one with the storm that was the one with the storm <laughs> yeah. Yeah, uh, oh my god that was <laughs> that was crazy that was that was crazy i mean you know, we're all from Nebraska, or a group of six or seven that went down there. So we're we're used to severe weather and Tornado Alley and that type of stuff. But man, oh man, this was, it was something else. So yeah, that'll be a, that'll be an interesting episode when I get there. <laughs> so moving on to the backgrounds of the bands on the bill. So BC, I usually, I just like to talk a little bit about, you know, how'd you get into, these bands that that we're going to talk about i've talked about priest on my podcast so i've kind of gone through that but this is my first anthrax show and so how did you get into anthrax
1: anthrax uh there was a, a record store locally down in scranton i was only 14 15 we used to take the bus saturday mornings down to scranton and we go to a few different record stores down there so i went in the the one that was a Ralph's record city and I remember they had a display with the album cover and everything on it it caught my eye I'm like yeah. so I picked it up and I'm looking at it going oh it was pretty cool so of course I bought it looking back now I wish I got the vinyl I, I was gra- I was in a cassette mode at this time so I grabbed that and took it home and got hooked on them there and then you know and it went as much anthrax as I can get but that's how I started because Walked in a record store and saw a display of it and thought it was kind of cool and never heard the band before in my life.
0: So, what was the first album?
1: Uh, Spreading the Disease was the first. Yeah. One I got.
0: So, middle school for me, right in the middle, you know, 85, 85, 86, 87 time frame. And this was probably, this might have been one of the first bands that I think I got into from people at school versus my older brother, right? My older brother was obviously Mm a huge influence on me, but I I just, I feel like I found Anthrax from somebody or talking to somebody and same thing, I went out and bought Spreading the Disease on cassette. I can remember getting that. And again, I wasn't a huge, you know, diehard thrash guy. I mean, I I like Metallica, I like Megadeth. You know, Anthrax is unique, right? I mean, they, they put a whole different twist kind of on it. And they have a with Joey, obviously the, mm-hmm. the the main singer. He's actually got a an unbelievable singing voice, right that's that's uh, over top of this this thrash music. You know, everybody else is kind of rough and and gruff and that type of thing. and and Joey's Joey's melodic voice, I think, is what kind of latched on to me specifically with them. you know, that's they were heavy. But he could sing his ass off, and that's uh, that's what that's what really attracted me to him. And funny story, so in eighth grade I was taking an art class, and the art teacher, maybe on Fridays, I think maybe it was on Fridays. You know, a couple students would get get chosen to bring in music to play while you know she would assign an art project, and we would be doing it, and you could bring in a cassette and put it in. <laughs> So, I brought spreading the disease. What is wrong with you? (laughs) To to our class, and she played it. You know, bless her heart, she (laughs) she (laughs) played it. I'll never forget that. That I happened to bring that uh, that cassette. So yeah, you know, and then the other, you know, among the living, I'm the man, which we'll we'll talk about these albums, but you know, state of euphoria. I you mean, know, all that stuff I I was in and then kind of lost track of them during the during the John Bush era, but went back and rediscovered the John Bush era and and love it. But kind of, you know, obviously a, a fan of the the Joey era first and first and foremost. So so Judas Priest was obviously on this bill as well. So how what was your what was your exposure to priest back in the day?
1: Oh my god, probably back in uh, early in high school, probably about 7th or 8th grade. Of course, yep. the older students walked around Judas Priest shirts on and everything. And I always saw them and it's like, kept looking and I was like... Then uh, I think the first one I ever got into was uh, screen for Vengeance was the first uh, album I got exposed to with uh, Judas Priest. So I'm going to say yeah. just through seeing the older kids have the shirts and Hearing people talk, and I said, "I got enough money saved up. I went and got that."
0: There you go. Look good that. place to good place to start.
1: Mm-hmm. For sure,
0: for sure. So moving on to this concert. So this tour, Angel of Retribution. When when BC were, and I were going back and forth on the text. So you saw, kind of the earlier leg, is what you had mentioned but with Strike Queens- yeah. opening, right? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Good. Good. So yeah, when I. Kind of go through this and go through the the set list i know yeah i know i sent you some stuff mm-hmm. on that so there's some some interesting uh you know they they did change it up a little bit uh between these two legs which which i thought was was interesting but so seeing this when i did in june of 2005 and then this show was in september i you know i'm not sure i i may not have gone again If it was, you know, Priest and Queensrÿche, I think the fact that Anthrax was opening, (laughs) you know, and I hadn't seen them before. Plus, if you remember, this was a reunited Anthrax. So this is when this is when they got back together, and I think they had done some of the shows they played Among the Living in its entirety, kind of during this reunion era, which is odd because that's not really a 2005 is not exactly a. An anniversary of that album, oh, but I course. think they were—I think they were doing it from from time to time. But that's that's really what uh, I think influenced me and and made me made me go again for for the pre. I mean, Priest, I'll, I'll go see Priest, you know, anytime. But this this was an extra extra motivation for me to to take the. Let's see. So I'm in. I'm just north of Lansing, Michigan, kind of in the center of the state. Kalamazoo is probably an hour hour and fifteen minutes from me is all so not uh not a bad drive at all no. Had, have you have you seen I'm sure you've seen anthrax before then back in the day?
1: uh back in the early day, I never got to see him it's okay funny, I was looking through my things and trying to jog a memory in my head, but uh I saw him twice off the top of my head. I saw him at a downtown, Pennsylvania at Rock it's called. Oh yeah. It was them and I wanna test them in a yeah, medium sized club. It, yep. it was it was really cool. I mean, I I mean it was a weird show because Frank Bello and uh Charlie were uh, a family member died, I think. Oh no. And uh they weren't there, so uh, Joey Vera from Armored Saint played bass with them and uh Gene Hognan from uh I believe Testament at the time played drums. He del- oh, he did wow. double duty.
0: Double duty. That's interesting. Yeah, it was yeah. so
1: cool. So we're in this club and they come out and it, it, it was great. I mean, I'm I'm an scene fan, so of course I was cool. Joey Vera and me. Oh yeah, I, I like Testament too. I mean, they not. I mean, not as high up as Anthrax, my book, but another uh, trash metal that I like. And they were just on the the edge of the pit. Oh, I was thinking, wow. so if I'm going to go in, I'm going to go in. But I didn't because I probably would have ended up on the floor and <laughs> some teeth and stuff. But, uh, <laughs> yeah, it was, uh, I'm sorry, it was Antrax Testament, and uh, Death Angel. Oh, wow. I never, I never heard Death Angel until that night.
0: Yeah, yeah. And
1: they're, I, they're not bad. And then nice. uh, later on, uh might be the one you're talking, October 9th, I, I want to say 2010 or so. But that'd be later than that. Montage. that be moment.
0: later. Yeah, a little bit later.
1: Montage, which is the closest concert place to us. I mean, back in the day, it was Bimpton, New York. That was pretty much the closest. Otherwise, yep. you had to Philly or New York. And where we live is two hours west of New York and two hours north of Philly. So, Bimpton, yeah. only being 45 minutes, was, a, was a, a glorious place to go to.
0: Absolutely. Yeah, nice nice so yeah so again this was this was my first shot seeing them I, I've seen them a handful of times since since this show but yeah this was it was cool you know they, they were reunited and and I was I was not missing it so Anthrax's set list for this show Among the Living Got the Time, Cotton Amash Madhouse Antisocial NFL Evil Nuka I was thinking I was gonna screw that up, but I think I got it. <laughs>
1: you did good.
0: <laughs> um, Indians, Medusa, and then closed out with I Am the Law. So obviously nothing off of Fistful of Metal, two songs from Spreading the Disease, five songs from Among the Living, which makes sense if they were playing that in its entirety, you know, during that year as well. And then one song from State of Euphoria and one from Persistence of Time. And then nothing from Sound of White Noise through We've Come For You All, the John Bush era albums. So nine songs is what they got. But I mean overall, I was uh again, having never seen them, this is a pretty good set list. <laughs> I mean it covers it covers everything. I might have liked a couple more off of Spreading Disease since that was kind of my my entry point with them and maybe even something else off a state of euphoria too. But uh, all in all, yeah. I mean, the fact that uh, Medusa was in there, which we'll, we'll talk about these albums a little bit later, but that's, uh, that's one of my favorites actually. So the fact that that was in there, I was, I was excited to see that. And then of course they had the two cover songs, you know, that they had on their albums. It's not like they were just playing, Cover songs live, right? Got the time and anti social. So all in all. Not a bad set.
1: No nah, not bad for an opener. Yeah. Yeah. First time seeing uh Antrax for you. They could play yeah. as whatever and he'd be happy.
0: <laughs> right. Right. But yeah, they were they were really they were good. They they were in a good place. Obviously they were you know, they had uh, you know, put their, their differences aside with, with, with Joey. I know he's uh I know he's had some stuff over the years that uh, probably led to him not being in the band. But yeah, I, I, he sounded great and, and they, they looked great and people were there to see them too. You know, it was, I, I can mm-hmm. remember that they got a, they got a good response and I'll talk a little bit more about this venue that uh, they played in a little bit later uh, on as well. It's uh, it's kind of a cool old school arena and, uh, but again, yeah. All in all, they were uh, they were solid, and I did not uh, regret going at all. <laughs> Moving along to Judas Priest's set list at this show, so Hellion Electric Eye kicked it off. Solar Angels, Riding on the Wind, Touch of Evil, Judas Rising, Revolution, I'm a Rocker, Breaking the Law, Diamonds and Rust. Hell Rider, Turbo Lover, Worth Fighting For, Victim of Changes, and Close the Regular Set with Painkiller, and then Encored, Desert Plains, Living After Midnight, and you've got another thing coming. So, breakdown here, so nothing off of Rockarola, which isn't a surprise, right? No. Uh-huh. <laughs> um, One song each off of Sad Wings, A Destiny, and Sin After Sin. Nothing off of Stained Class or Hellbent for Leather. Two songs from British Steel. Two from Point of Entry. Three from Screaming for Vengeance. Nothing from Defenders of the Faith, which is a little surprising.
1: That was surprising.
0: Uh, One song from Turbo. One from Ram It Down. Two from Painkiller. Nothing from the jugulator and demolition albums which obviously isn't surprising either those are the Ripper albums <laughs> and then four songs off of angel retribution which is what they were promoting so yeah i mean priest was priest was priest you know i mean i saw them five months earlier or whatever and uh they were they were a well-oiled machine again you know at this point again i think that diamonds and rust was the acoustic version that they Yes had pulled out and, and did, which was awesome, you know, the first the first time around. So so yeah, so setlist wise, they actually they played two less songs than what you and I would have seen, you know, during that first leg. So they trimmed it a little bit. They played solar angels instead of Metal Gods. They played Desert Plains instead of Hellbent for Leather. And then they put Worth Fighting For, you know, in this set list for this show. And got rid of Deal with the Devil and Beyond the Realms of Death. And what else was... And Exciter. I guess they dropped Exciter, too. So, kind of interesting. Again, I'm a, I'm a fan, obviously, of bands that do that, right? Mix it up a little well, bit.
1: <laughs> yeah, I love it. Uh, some people get mad, but... Throwing something totally different. I mean, I understand nowadays in today's world, you got to play a lot of the hits, but... Uh, right, yeah. I love when a band yeah. just comes up and does something totally off the wall.
0: Well, yeah, and I think, and I think this is cool, because this is another leg of the tour, right? They have a different opener. You know, they're hitting probably some smaller, somewhat smaller markets, you know, that type of thing. So, yeah, mix it up a little bit. I mean, the fact that they... <laughs> they pulled out kind of those two deep cuts from, from yeah. uh point of entry. Wow. I mean, we lost metal gods and hell bent for leather, but I think that was, that was pretty cool to, to see, you know, see a couple of those songs and then worth fighting for n- another new song off of the, off the new album, kind of a slow, you know, somewhat sl- more mellow and slower song. But again, I think it was cool. They obviously rehearsed, <laughs> you know, and <laughs> Came up with some different stuff, which uh, which was cool. But uh, you know, BC, back to you know, what were your your thoughts of the show that you saw back uh, early? You know, yeah, early we, on on that tour. Do you remember?
1: Yeah, they, uh, they played Montage Mountain, which is twenty minutes down the road from pretty much us, right down eighty one. Uh, so uh, yeah, I remember the show. That, I, I love Queen Drake, so I was excited for them. And they, they put on a good show and I lost my favorite where it went. But anyways, but uh they almost co headlined, I thought. Queen Direct played quite a few numbers and Priest came out I thought they sounded excellent. It was funny we went with these other people and our one buddy was uh not only taking pictures of the show, he was filming it. Like obviously filming it and it's a funny story. You had to be there really to, but they yank him, he gets thrown out. <laughs> His other half is trying to leech on to us. Can you guys help me? We're like, uh, no, no, no. <laughs> but uh, overall, it's a great show. I mean, other than a friend of ours getting thrown out at the time and <laughs> right. the usual craziness right. that goes on. It, yeah. But uh, I, I was very satisfied. I mean, I, I thought I mean, I'm just happy that shows like this were coming, pretty much local, where we didn't have to go to New right. York City or Philadelphia.
0: Right, right, we
1: do that quite often anymore, but we'll take it. Even nowadays, we have an arena down in Wooksbury now, so
0: yeah, yeah, that's
1: when we saw Priest in that there night. So, I mean, that's yeah. even a major plus compared to back in the day,
0: absolutely. So, had you, had you seen Priest back in the 80s at all? No, yeah, see, I didn't either. I the first time I saw a Priest was the year before this show 2004 when they were on that Ozfest with uh his black okay. sabbath headlining and priest reunited priest so that was that was the first time i had seen priest and then obviously saw him a couple times the following year but yeah that queen's set that we saw yeah i mean with the, at this in 2005 yeah. they play they played a bunch of deep cuts and it was i mean it was a rocking. Set. They didn't even play Silent Lucidity. You know, I mean, it was, it, it was, it was, a, which was the smart move. I mean, you're opening for Judas Priest. You, you should, you should pull out your, pull out some heavy stuff. But yeah, they played a, a great. Like you said, it was long too. They played a long set opening for them back back. Uh, yeah,
1: I believe it was like thirteen. 13 it was.
0: Song. Yeah. Yeah. I'm a it was great. They
1: played. I mean.
0: Yeah. Yep. Very cool. Very cool. So yeah, again, they were they were great and uh, you know, it's interesting Desert Plains, right? So he came out on the motorcycle to Desert Plains, which was interesting. <laughs> instead of Instead of Hellbent for Leather, but yeah, that's uh, I guess that's he could have... have great song. Yeah, great, great, great song. So, yeah, overall it was a uh, it was a great great show. And now onto the concert calendar. So Judas Priest, the 50 Heavy Metal Years Tour. As of the drop date of this episode, they've got 13 more US tour dates in 2022. November 10th, Loveland, Colorado. And then they hit Kansas, Missouri, Kentucky, Mississippi, Louisiana, Oklahoma, and Texas, and close this run out on November 29th in Houston. And then they've got a couple shows in Mexico on December 3rd and December 6th. And then December 9th through December 18th, they'll be in South America, specifically Colombia, Chile, Argentina, and Brazil. And then they've got some other shows announced overseas in 2023, May 3rd through June 14th. They'll be in Finland, Sweden, Germany, Spain, Italy, Hungary, the Czech Republic, Switzerland, the UK, and Ireland. Moving along to Anthrax, so they just finished up dates with Black Label Society over the summer, Hatebreed opened some of those dates, and they also played some dates on their own in the UK in late September, early October. They also just announced more dates with Black Label Society in 2023. Exodus will be on that bill as well. That run starts January 17th and goes through February 18th. They'll hit Idaho, Washington, North Dakota, Wisconsin, Michigan, Illinois, New Jersey, Maine, Connecticut, Pennsylvania, Massachusetts, Kentucky, Missouri, Texas, Nebraska, Oklahoma, New Mexico, and California. They'll also hit some provinces in Canada, Alberta, Manitoba, and British Columbia. So, for specific city, venue, and ticket information, please check out Judas Priest and Anthrax websites. Now, onto the band on the Bill Spotlight. So, again, first time seeing Anthrax, first time covering them on this podcast. Gotta dive into the classic era discography. And, well, including their debut with the other singer. And go through the old two faves and maybe one least fave from each of these albums. So starting off with Fistful of Metal, which is, again, not a classic era Anthrax album, but I thought it'd be fun to throw that in here. Released January 28th, 1984. Produced by Carl Kennedy and John Zazula. So... I, to be honest with you, BC, I'm not, I wasn't that familiar with this album ever. (laughs) I mean, I've heard it. And so I kind of went back and listened to it. And, you know, some of the stuff uh, stuck out to me. But uh, what are your thoughts on this album? You have a couple of faves.
1: Yeah, I don't mind. Uh, I went back to this, of course, after I didn't go back to it until probably after uh, Monday Living. Okay. And then uh, the different vocalists. I mean, it wasn't bad, but like like you said before, uh, Joey just has, he could sing, and he brought a new level to, I think, Anthrax at the time. Right. I still love Metal Trash and Bad. To me, that's always been a, a good one. Yep. Uh, soldiers uh, Soldiers of Metal. Panic. I, I, I like, you can see they were laying the groundwork to move forward at the time. I mean, it's... When you go back, listening to it, you can see that where if I had this before any of their albums, I think it would be a very cool progression.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. What about, is there anything that doesn't work for you?
1: Uh, not really. I mean, Across the River is just kind of a waste of time, I thought.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah. But
1: I'm 18. I don't know. I think I'm just tired of people covering that song. <laughs> I, maybe it's, I'm rough when it comes to cover songs but I mean yeah. I love cover, people doing cover songs but uh, I think everybody and their brother does I'm 18 yeah so, yeah that did really do nothing for me other than that I, I, I like the album but, I mean got it in vinyl and everything so
0: nice nice yeah it's got that classic cover right <laughs> the The fist pump, punching through the guy's head or whatever right so <laughs> <laughs> but I'm I'm with you. Soldiers of Metal is one of my one of my faves. You know, quick hitter. It's under three minutes long. But some great. You know, Neil had a had a, a obviously a different voice than what I'm used to with Anthrax. But he had yeah. some great screams in there. He actually he reminds me a little bit of the guy for Exciter. And I I don't know what his name is, but the the guy that sings for Exciter kind of he kind of sounded like him to me a little bit. But then I'm yeah, then I'm going with Death from Above. Uh, great chorus, great backing vocals. Again, cool post chorus. Neil sounds great. Double tracked vocal in there, very cool. Great musical breakdown stuff. Great riffing in that song. Uh, the, the the opening song is is really good too. That just uh, just missed my faves. But yeah, I'm with you. I mean, eight, I'm eighteen. Eh, don't need it. Cross the river. <laughs> yeah not and you know what i'm not a huge fan of their the song anthrax either i i feel like it, it was kind of forced and it just doesn't yeah. uh-huh. i don't know doesn't go anywhere for me for for whatever reason but you know all in all it's it's not a bad album at all i mean i know people don't you know don't pay a ton of attention to it because it's not with joey on vocals but it's solid i agree with you
1: was produced by a local Carbonell person here,
0: uh, Carl. Yeah, Kennedy. Carl Kennedy. Yeah, yeah. I've heard you guys talk. Uh, oh yeah, talk to him. Yeah. So let's move on to their sophomore album, "Spreading the Disease," that we talked about. Both of us got into the band with this album. So released October 30th of '85. Also produced by Carl Kennedy and John Zazula, but Anthrax got a production credit in there as well so why don't I'll start this one so I'm going with you know when when you're talking about an album that's been in your <laughs> been in your life for 40 years or whatever you, you can't help but go back to what taught you, you know way back then so AIR and I mean the in that intro it's one of the best openings I think to a song ever and just unbelievable and air i I don't know if i ever knew but it's that stands for adolescences in red which i guess i didn't really know that and so joey joey's the singer he's introduced uh with (laughs) with this song of course i mean it kicks in and it's fast i mean that intro is is mid-tempo but then it kicks in and is really going but the uh the pre-chorus welcome to your nightmare part chorus i think is melodic the you know fight stop fight break start all that stuff is it just kicks you in the face (laughs) and i love it i i I wished as good as among the living is as an intro for a for a show oh man if they would have played air at that show bc I, i probably would have lost my mind. So. Other one, so Medusa, as I mentioned, one of my favorite killer riff. Again, not real, you know, that's not a thrashy song, Medusa. It, you know, it's just that, that fake kind of basic riff throughout. And, but the chorus, you know, the, the, the backing vocals on Medusa and, you know, she's staring at you with her eyes. Again, he, He's singing, he's, you know, he's singing melodically. And actually, this is, I'm probably going to lose some anthrax cred here, but in this <laughs> song, he sounds like Mike Reno from Loverboy. <laughs> Just picture, picture Mike Reno when you're listening to the song and <laughs> the next time it may, he, he, he sounds like, sounds like Mike Reno to me in that, in that song. What is wrong with you? Anyway, those are my two faves. How about you? Uh,
1: 20, I have down AR. <laughs> I mean, like you said, this album's been around forever. This is, I love throwing this on to this very day and just letting it play through. I mean, that's the first song I've ever heard by Anthrax. Yeah. To get home that day. And uh, I was like, I liked it because he, he has the melodic voice, which is not really thrash metal or right. uh, as they would say. But uh, and. I like the background vocals, you know. I mean, I thought they did that great and the changes. I mean, some double bass and throughout the album, and it was different than, say, the Motley Crude, Judas Priest, everybody else back at that time. Yes. I think that's what I went for. Nobody around me even listened to Anthrax. They're all like, you're listening to who? <laughs> right. Nobody ever around me ever really got into Anthrax. I was the oddball guy.
0: Well, yeah, they're they're unique. They're they're definitely yeah, I mean, they're unique. different. It, they're different.
1: Yeah, yeah. there's a bunch of people that were Slayer people.
0: Yeah, never got into that. I never
1: nope. got. I I've seen them twice. Talking about concerts, uh, yep. it was it was the first concert I ever feared for my life. Oh God! They came out and the place went crazy. And you know that metal fence at concerts.
0: Yeah, the barricade.
1: All sudden, yeah, all of a sudden it's up in the air in front of me. Oh my like, God! i'm like where, they, where is this i thought i was going to get hit in the face i'm
0: like oh jeez.
1: them I and uh slipknot i saw them one time and oh talked, wow talk about fear for your life but uh <laughs> tracks i mean medusa is a great tune i mean gun i mean this album to me uh, it was hard to pick something that i did like
0: well like, that absolutely yeah and that's kind of why i say it's almost you know least favorite it's not something that you hate <laughs> not yeah, something exactly. that you hate But exactly it's uh it's tricky and you you mentioned gung-ho i'm i'm putting gung-ho on there just because i'm not a i'm I'm usually not a thrash guy and obviously this is fast and chaotic and you know is 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 crazy but you know and when they when they sing gung-ho in the in the chorus if you didn't know what the song was titled you'd have no idea what they are saying it's it's happening so fast it's go 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 you know and it's and, and it, it reminds me of of that school of rock movie you know that Jack Black <laughs> and he teaches that kid to write the song and it's called step off step off <laughs> <laughs> it made me think of that. I'm like, oh my god, this is the step off song from School of Rock. But anyway, and then at the end, that last like minute, they're laughing, and I mean, yeah. they had fun recording it. But I'd, I would probably put that song on there because I'm I'm probably not listening to that song very often. But it was hard. It was hard to find a.
1: I, I might <laughs> a have put fave. The enemy might maybe.
0: Sure. Yeah.
1: That, I mean. Not that I don't
0: like it, but just maybe not as much as the other ones. Yeah, exactly.
1: It was hard to pick a least favorite.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah. Nice, nice. So are we, are we the same there? Did we both pick I- A.I.R. and Medusa? Would you pick yeah, Medusa? Yeah. 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 Nice. Look at that. <laughs> both started off with the, the album and and had, had the same songs. Nice. So now moving on to Among the Living. So released March 22nd, 1987. Produced by Anthrax. And now they got Eddie Kramer <laughs> to sit in the production chair. So, definitely, yeah, I think this is probably their their best produced album. Might be their best sounding album. And so, what do you think? This is this this was tough to kind of pin down a couple faves, but what do you think?
1: My faves are off this one would have to definitely be "I'm the Law." Nice, it's, it's, I just love it. And then uh, one world.
0: I guess totally loved, loved that song.
1: Nice, nice. So,
0: yeah, oh yeah. I like
1: the way this dissolved. And that's another thing with the Anthrax compared to other bands. They had, a, they had a distinctive background vocal, and I thought yes. that's enough to me.
0: Absolutely. You yeah, you heard their backing vocals. You knew exactly who yeah. who the who the song was was from. So I you know I'm going with the title cut and again because of the and their intros and I'll talk about it on the next album too uh, their, I think their intros these 3 albums in a row just were awesome and just just loved the how it builds and you know got got into the the song and then that I guess it's the chorus the I am the walking dude I can see all all the world that part is is so cool and again he's singing He's singing, you know, over the, the, the thrash the thrash metal. And I, I made a note here too, listening to it this week, the guitar solo, and I know these guys are big kiss fans, but I could hear some ace freely ah, runs yeah. in there. I really could. It was like, wow. They I think they I think they uh I think they lifted that a little bit um from from ace. And then the only thing about that song I don't like is the end when it's the among, 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 you know, they're they're saying that over and over <laughs> and over, and it just is like, whoa, it's it's maybe a little too much for me. But I was, <laughs> and I was this close, BC, to choosing one world, and at the last minute, I chose ADI, Horror of It All. And, I, you know, those two are, I think they're back-to-back on the album, right? I think, I believe they are. Um, and so I went, yeah. I went with Horror of It All. I did that acoustic intro is cool. Mm-hmm. And again, there's 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 a lot going on in, in horror of it all. But uh, yeah, that's uh, that's what I would go with for for two faves. So could could you find a least fave on this album, or is it perfect to you?
1: I think it's throughout. "A Imitation of Life" it seemed like I don't know if that was a strong point <laughs> to finish the album with, but overall, <laughs> I, I love the whole album. So, that, not that I don't like it; it's just. Yeah, no,
0: it's 2.0. we are on the same page I wrote imitation of life down I wrote what the fuck <laughs> is this yeah, it, it just yeah it's just awkward there's some awkward stuff there's a talking section in there mm-hmm. and it just I, it just yeah it just seems like it's a it's kind of a train wreck song it just disjointed and yeah just doesn't doesn't do doesn't do anything for me but the rest of it Yeah, I mean, the the whole, the whole, (laughs) the rest of it's pretty solid for sure, for sure. So next up, State of Euphoria, released September 19th, 1988. So produced by Mark Dodson, Alex Perales, and then John and Marcia Zazula. So back to the, the Megaforce uh, people there. So let's see, I'll, I'll start with this one. So I kind of let the cat out of the bag. I'm a fan of their intros, intro mm-hmm. songs. So, be all end all, you know that cello intro, and then the riff kind of kicks in and follows that that cello, and then obviously it kicks in again is up tempo, uh, awesome, awesome song. Again, chorus is is melodic, you know, which uh, that's the thing with them. They're heavy and there's they're thrashy, but they've got that they've got that melodic sense to them, and and love that love that uh love that chorus and then kind of boring but i was a fan of track 2 so the one two punch out of sight out of mind i thought that was a cool fast kind of a unique riff for them and yeah again kind of a melodic somewhat chorus in there and uh you know you got to love the line during that breakdown take your head out from your ass <laughs> <laughs> so Anyway, yeah, so those, I I can remember buying this when it came out and putting it on and listening to it all the way through, and those two songs really stood out to me. So how about you?
1: Uh, For me, I went back to that same record store when this was coming out, and they had another display of this album cover, and I was like, and back in those days, it was a lot more fun. You didn't have the internet, you didn't see the album covers, they didn't release, they might have released one song before the album came out back then where nowadays they're releasing three, four songs. The <laughs> right. but you never saw the album cover. You didn't see a list of the songs until you got that in your hand. And to me, uh, I missed that the most, but yeah. I remember walking in, they had the big display. And I'm like, cool. Like, yeah.
0: But, uh, yeah.
1: I just wrote down, uh, some favorites. I, I mean, I like a lot, but, uh, now it's dark and I have "Beyond end up. Yeah. the could have been of them, but
0: yeah, nice, nice. Anything, uh, Rub you the wrong way on this album? If I had to pick something, maybe Schism. Uh, we are, we are, we are in lockstep. I have, <laughs> yeah. I have Schism, and you know, again, actually, the, the drum intro phaser into a cool riff. The verses I think are okay. It's the that chorus, that yeah. sk- sk- Schism part. Just <laughs> I don't know. A house divided can't stand. Uh, I don't know. Just that whole, that whole delivery of that kind of kind of turned me off on that song so yeah we are uh we're on the same page now i didn't include this so i just want to get your your thoughts on it so what did you think of i'm the man
1: i remember when i first came out i was like you know of course <laughs> being a rock and roller you're kind of like what the hell yeah at first i was kind of like i don't know you know what i mean but it, it, it grew on me it took it took a little while but it, it grew on me but
0: yeah, Never came yeah. out and like, What are you guys doing? <laughs> and and exactly, but you know what? They were they were onto something. I mean, that thing went platinum. That yeah. EP went platinum. Which I guess I don't know if that means if it's an EP, maybe it didn't have to sell a million. But I guess I don't know. I don't know how that works. But it was huge. I mean, that video. I <laughs> they played it constantly, and uh <laughs> so I yeah we. some of my friends were also into some of the rap stuff you know starting to starting to come out so when this came out and you know and they were fans of of the metal too they were in heaven right they were like oh my gosh (laughs) we can marry these things together and of course then they they were with public enemy later on and did that bring the noise thing and which was which was big as well but yeah we thought we just thought it was hell. we've Thought it was funny you know really huh? we would I oh mean, it, it was funny right it was funny some of those lo- the lines and <laughs> and all <of> that <laughs> in there good stuff yeah good stuff for, for
1: yeah, sure our, our area was a hard rock and then i guess you would say radio at the time back then like rappers or that and you never really heard anybody listen to that and so when this came out you're kind of like
0: oh <laughs> right right and yeah so what it, I think it had uh so there was a censored and uncensored version of the song on there right and then they had the uh um what Sabbath Bloody Sabbath yeah they covered I think they covered that on there and then they had some live stuff I think they had I'm the law cotton the mosh you know were were live tracks on there but uh yeah and that the- was uh, that was cool I mean they were yeah they were kind of ahead of their time I think a little bit cuz it yeah, that that blew up for 'em, and and I'm sure they influenced some of the uh, late '90s rap rock stuff that that obviously got yeah. got big. Yeah. Uh, I'm the big. Man, Censored,
1: and Sabbath uh, bl- Sabbath, yeah. blah, Sabbath I'm the Man. Extended, Cotton and I'm the Law. Of life.
0: There you go. Nice, nice. All right. So moving on to the last album we'll talk about here. So Persistence of Time. Released August 21st, 1990, produced by Anthrax, Mark Dodson, and John and Marsha Zazula. So what are your thoughts on this one? You got a couple faves? When this when this came
1: out and I, I liked I liked the way it took like a darker the tunes got a little bit darker, I think. I I mean it's still Anthrax, don't get me wrong, but I really, really was into this. I love In My World. I mean I mean I, mean, I heard that, I was like, keeping into family is another one. I mean, there's so many on this album. But, uh, yeah, so
0: but what's cool about this, so my my brother, so he's three years older than me, so he was born in 69. And he was in college at the time, but he spent the first semester that year in Spain. And he saw Iron Maiden, on the No Prayer for the Dying tour with Anthrax opening, because this this came out in August, and he saw it over there, which he, he still talks about it to this day, how crazy <laughs> it was, you know, the the fans and the, the floor, general admission, and, and all of that craziness. But I think about that when I listen to this this album. But as cool as the cover is, Got the Time, it's a cool song, cool cover you know i'm not i'm not gonna ever choose a cover song as as my favorite but bc no lie i got keep it in the family and in my world those are my top two
1: (laughs) so you're an anthrax guy i'm gonna ask you in my world there was a live version i don't know where it was i've been looking for it they played for like fan club members or something
0: okay it was
1: released i don't know if it was i asked steve i said do you remember and he can't remember and i was like drive me crazy you can tell it's a little fan club only maybe 30 people there and they're oh, in the wow. room bringing this on they're kicking it that's on
0: oh off no the scale. way oh my gosh so yeah. you can't did you try is it not you on did. youtube
1: i got i did get a time to sit down and get online but i was going through all my stuff and then i got on apple music looking for it i gotta find it because it's making me crazy
0: yeah yeah i'm sure i can't imagine how yeah i mean i'm sure that is just awesome but yeah i mean those two those two songs keep it in the family as as dark as that song mm-hmm. <laughs> is right i mean the, the the chorus and the way that they deliver the different keep it in the family you know that there's different deliveries of it. You know, you can't keep it in the family. Keep it in the family. I, that it's just well written, well, you know, uh well arranged. Lo- love it. Long, and I'm not usually a fan of of long songs. I mean, I, I think that's a 7-minute song. And in my world is is not exactly short either, but Love it. You know, the I'm not afraid in the chorus. I yeah, just
1: That, that live awesome. version though. Know, he's there I'm already in present. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I love live music. Yeah. It was cool that it was live, but it was not in a like it was in a small room. It was yeah. so cool. You can hear like people talk and it was such a yeah.
0: nice. Cool. Yeah, that sounds very, find very cool. As soon as I very find it, cool. I'll let you know about it. So anything uh that you you're not a fan of on here, there's an instrumental on here, obviously, intro to reality.
1: One man stance.
0: Yeah. Yeah. You know, and I've been I've been praising their opening tracks on the previous three albums, I, and this one doesn't do much for me. I, time, it just again, it sounds like it's just all over the place. I can't, uh, I don't know. I'm a I'm a simpleton sometimes, right? I just I just want verse chorus verse chorus, you know, solo outro. <laughs> and this was all over the place and uh it's obviously yeah, it hard for me to kinda hard for me to follow, so I'm gonna I'm gonna downmark that as crushing my anthrax intro songs. <laughs> and not uh,
1: when the video came out.
0: Oh like... yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, and again that yeah, the clock the clock's ticking, Yeah, you know, obviously right and left channel, you listen to that in your car and you're like, Holy crap, this is <laughs> this is going crazy but uh very cool man bc we were we were we were in lockstep a lot of the time that's it's interesting
1: (laughs) (laughs) uh, i I mean the big thing with anthrax to me i think is like you're saying you could hear a little kiss in the solo and as much as they're different they still had a lot of elements of what i was growing up to yeah i think i i I jumped on the anthrax wagon absolutely the other yeah
0: yeah i mean i was buying i was buying these albums as they were coming out and then dubbing you know metallica albums and megadeth albums or what you know it was yeah it was interesting i i was and i again i'm not usually into stuff that's kind of off of center and this was off of center but you know the the melodies in there and joey's voice and backing vocals you know were unique yeah they just they had something and it and it worked and it was different very very cool stuff so now let's move on to the slam fest tip of the week so BC this is where I talk you know I talk about some random topic obviously if I'm talking about a current show I talk about songs that we pre-game to you know in the parking lot and all that fun stuff but unfortunately I don't know what I did back in 2005 going to the show. But I wanted to talk about this this venue. So Wing Stadium, old school arena, built in 1974. Minor League Hockey is the main tenant there. But this is, you know, one of those, you know, like 8,000 seater. So it's only got a lower level, right? It doesn't have the suites and the upper deck, you know, level of the arena. It's just one kind of one level and I think every show there is general admission. I don't think they put, I don't think they put chairs on the ground. And what's interesting is the west side of Michigan, so you got Grand Rapids, which is a big city. you know, that's a million people. And then kalamazoo, Battle Creek, you know is is decent populated uh, area too. But Grand Rapids didn't have a major arena until like nineteen ninety seven. So everything went to this thing. And, you know, they're pulling from Grand Rapids, which is, you know, an hour, uh, you know, hour, 10 minutes away. This thing got all of those shows, which is cool. And it was cool to go, you know, I've only been there a couple times, but it was cool to go there and uh, and see a see a show in that place. Because it's, you know, for at least for that area, it's it's kind of a classic, classic old school kind of dumpy (laughs) venue. And so this was 2005, right? No smartphones. So I had a flip phone, cell phone, and I was taking pictures, if you can believe this, right? How how good are these pictures gonna be? <laughs> and somebody, a security person, came over to me and tried to take my phone. And I'm like, are you out of your mind? I'm like, what, what are you talking about? And, I ended up. This was at the towards the end of the concert, and they were adamant that they wanted my phone. I'm like, I am not giving you my phone. I'll I'll stop doing this, but I'm not giving you my phone. It was crazy. I I, I mean, think that's 17 years ago, and they were complaining about somebody taking pictures with their with their flip phone. I to be honest, well, I, what was I going to do with those pictures on my flip phone? <laughs> I, I couldn't have transferred them anywhere. I don't know. That was. That like was said, odd. That, that,
1: How good a picture can be. Oh
0: my god, the it pixelation like would have been just terrible. Yeah, it would have it would have been terrible. But that's unfortunately that's one of my memories from uh from that show. But uh anyway, it's cool. I think it's cool to go to some smaller you know, smaller cities, smaller smaller venues, you know, a little more intimate, that type of thing. So it was it was cool. It was cool to go there.
1: That sounds just like uh Broomcon Arena. There you go. Okay. We're kind of yeah. boat back in
0: probably early 70s, uh,
1: minor league hockey. Yep. I walked in, it was just a floor and yeah. one level around. One
0: level. Yeah. Nice. And
1: back in the day, everybody came there. Like, it
0: just got rough, everything, like, didn't it? Yeah. Kick, that's
1: rad. Everybody. <laughs> right. Now, like, uh, Queen Track. I mean, there's yeah. so many people up
0: there. Yeah. It's crazy it's still to there. think. there. I just saw
1: it like two weeks ago where I was up there helping a friend do something and like, oh, there she is still there. I mean, I think the last time we saw a show up there, me, Steve, and Dylan went up to uh, Rob Zombie and uh, Murder Dolls. Nice. Somebody. But that was like 2010. Yeah. Okay.
0: Very cool. Very cool. All right. Well, let's close this episode out with Which Side Are You On? Two sides of the BC, I end up in these episodes with taking an album from one of the bands on the build and putting side one up against side two. So, haven't talked about Priest yet, other than the show, right? So, let's dive into the album, where they played a couple of deep cuts from it. So, Point of Entry, released February 26th, 1981, produced by Judas Priest and Tom Ollum charted number 39 and is certified gold so this album is interesting to me bc because it's sandwiched between two classics <laughs> right british steel in 1980 and then screaming for vengeance coming out after it so i i feel like it gets kind of forgotten uh, you know a, a little bit i mean it's got heading out to the highway which is the which is the radio song kind of from it but you know, everything else on here is pretty much a a deep cut for the most part. But what mm-hmm. what I like to do here is just so yeah. What are your thoughts maybe on side one, and then I will give my thoughts on side one, and then we can do the same thing on side two, and then let me know which one you you prefer. So side one,
1: side one. Uh, I mean, I love heading off to the highway, go go, hot rockin'. I mean, turn the circle. But my all time one of my all time go to desert plains, I guess love that and when back in the day i'm sure you saw the dvd live from london yeah the dvd and i'm doing it in sound check yeah love unbelievable that. i do i mean like you said they're all they're all deep cuts and they you know, go <laughs> nothing blew me away but solid
0: yeah yeah so yeah heading heading out to the highway and of course we got that mm-hmm. last right you heard it last week at the the show and which was cool that they they brought it back but yeah i mean that's a that's a great great song so don't go and hot rockin i i i like both of those songs but the videos kill them for me (laughs) do you remember the videos for those (laughs) songs oh my god right so don't go they're playing in like this box or whatever it's in halford's decked out in leather got the policeman (laughs) hat on he's got that he's got a little mustache and and then band members are like walking through a door right and he's singing don't go so (laughs) just just embarrassing right embarrassingly bad and then hot rocking okay so the whole band's lifting weights
1: yeah
0: in a a... a gym with leather pants on and no shirts
1: am i hallucinating here just what in the hell do you think you're doing
0: and then it ends as a performance video which is cool and what speakers exploding and fire drumsticks and whatever so again it's the early 80s all the videos were were pretty cheesy right turning turning circles is i love that song actually just mid-tempo riff but the chorus his vocal ah so good and then desert plains i mean unbelievably awesome and the fact that they they played it live at this show in 05 that i saw is amazing side two solar angels yeah solar angels and desert plains to me are are both awesome deep cuts you know from this album i, I they're almost uh sister songs to me for and it's it they're in the track sequence they're they're back to back um, you say yes and all the way okay not great oh okay um troubleshooter though and on the run i think are pretty cool troubleshooter he's got that living after midnight drum intro sounds exactly the same into a cool mid-tempo riff but yeah his uh his uh um, vocal you know during that chorus is great and then on the run i mean that's a ACDC riff right out right out of bon scott era to me but in that chorus just his scream on on the run whoo very very cool so i think i know where you're going <laughs> with your with your vote so side one for you
1: oh yeah i got i had yeah. to go with side one
0: just well your favorite song yeah your favorite, favorite song right the there yeah. that was,
1: that's a good side i thought i yeah. said that i do is good too but yeah Side one grabbed me a little bit more than side
0: two. Yeah. Yeah. So I, th- you know, it's interesting. So heading out to the highway, turning circles, desert plains, I think Solar Angels, Troubleshooter, and On the Run, those kind of cancel each other out maybe a little bit. So then you're stuck with these other ones that are, I think, a little bit less. And I think You Say Yes and All the Way, at least those are, in- they're kind of interesting songs because they're a little bit different. And I can't get those videos out of my head <laughs> you see so I think I'm gonna go with side two over over side one but there's there's no wrong answer because this is one of my actually I I love this album and you know I again I think it gets forgotten because it's in between those two classics mm-hmm. and it uh you know it it's it's cool when they do break something out from it like we did like we saw uh over the last uh over the last week so very, very good. All right. Well BC, that's we did it. That's, <laughs> that's a that's a slam fest podcast episode for you. So I, I hope you had fun.
1: I did. I'm impressed myself with the technology here and I, I did it.
0: You did great. You sound great too. He's yeah, not gonna no, believe not.
1: it. He's not gonna <laughs> believe that I actually got in on Zoom. And I did the video and everything else.
0: Yeah, no, you did fantastic. Very, very good. (laughs) So, yeah, thank you for coming on. It was fun to, uh, especially
1: to Goose Priest, to go back to that that album. Yeah, I mean, back in the day, it was so much easier to sit down with an album and scope it all out. Where nowadays, so much music at our fingertips, and you really don't sit down like you used to and delve into an album, unfortunately, with the technology and just amount of music that's out there nowadays like it's like to go back and throw something old on i said maybe it's my age i'm getting older and i'm
0: I'm drifting
1: backwards instead of forwards but eh, i'm okay no
0: no there's nothing wrong with that I yeah i agree with you it's overwhelming nowadays you just got stuff coming from you know where like you said you buy the physical album and we would take it home and we'd put it on and we'd look at the the liner notes, right? and, yeah. notes
1: and the album cover.
0: <laughs> and Just the lyrics. Cover to
1: see if you could find something <laughs> that's in the cover that, you know, you should be discovering. Yeah,
0: exactly. Totally exactly. Different. Yeah, absolutely it is. Like, if you it would is. have
1: to, back then, you would have to choose what you wanted to get. Because you didn't have money, I mean, growing up, I mean, I had jobs, but you didn't have money out the wazoo. Yeah. So you were, yeah. you were like, hmm.
0: <laughs> you, had to to be, you had to be particular. You did. You had to. Uh, you had to take risks sometimes. <laughs> I think I'll I give this work. a try. <laughs> right, right. Whole different world. Whole different world. Well, very good. All right. Thank you again. Appreciate it. Thank you. And we'll be we'll be in touch uh, online or some, yeah, yeah. somehow in the future. So, cool, cool. Yeah, very good. All right. Have a good night. You too, man. Did anyone see the second North American leg of the Retribution Tour featuring Judas Priest and a reunited Anthrax in 2005? If so, when and where, and what were your thoughts, memories, or stories from that show? Using Anthrax's first five studio albums, Fistful of Metal through Persistence of Time, what are your two faves and one least fave from each of those albums? And last but not least, what are your thoughts on Judas Priest's seventh studio album, Point of Entry, from 1981? Side one or side two? Let us know your thoughts by emailing us at Slamfestpodcast at gmail.com or request to join our private Facebook page at Slamfest Podcast. Thanks for listening. Until next time.